Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to For the Long Run, the podcast exploring the why behind what keeps runners running long, strong, and motivated. I'm your host, Jonathan Levitt. I've been running for a few years now and have the privilege of meeting many incredible runners on my travels all across the country. This podcast is intended to share those amazing conversations. Today's guest is Devin Yanko. Devin lives in California where she enjoys both trail and road running. Devin co-owns a bakery called MH Bread and Butter in Mill Valley, California. In today's episode, we talked about what keeps Devin excited about the running community, the Donner Party 50K that she helps support, sponsorship, and how the running community has changed over the last few years, and all about the importance of being in control of your own health and being your own strongest advocate. Enjoy. So we caught that. We, we're, we're live. We're, so I'm live here with Devin Yanko in, uh, is it sunny, San nope. Francisco? No, yeah. it's, it's gloomy. Um, atmospheric. Atmospheric, San yeah. Francisco. Yeah. Um, what's, the, what's the weather term they're using these days? Uh, the atmospheric river is what it is. Got it. So that's cool. super fun. Yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been wet out there slightly slightly wet taking a shower while running down the trail yes so um we are here in san francisco with devin yanko devin is a trail runner road runner marathoner ultra runner uh baker uh all around awesome human um devin is one of the 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 biggest role models i have in the sport so i'm super excited to to sit down with her uh and and chat about running and what got her into running and um, what keeps her running and, uh, both from a, uh, motivation standpoint, but also a baked goods standpoint. So <laughs> for those of you that don't know, she owns, uh, co-owns a bakery with her husband, uh, in Marin and, uh, it is delicious. So Devin, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining today. Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, so let's get right into it. Um, I was first introduced to you by Mike Wardian. Really? A couple years ago. <laughs> and yes, I had seen um some of the, you know, some of the stuff about you in, in terms of Western states and all that good stuff. Um and it was uh it was super cool to connect and, and um Mike as a at the time a fellow Hoka teammate, um, I think he introduced us and uh and so you reached out looking to uh looking to talk about health. And so health has been um sort of at the at the forefront for you the last couple of years. So do you want to chat a little bit about, um, let's dive right into it. Like <laughs> what people are, people are curious, you know, how, how do you balance the health and performance side of things? Yeah. I mean, I have always had no really big problems with injury in my life, but health has always been, like, I mean, we're talking since I was a baby, like I have probably had more medical tests on me in my lifetime than most people will ever have to experience. Um, I mean, going, I, I remember being in the fifth grade and having to stay home from school for a month and like with an undiagnosable, like flu, like situation. And, you know, that per has persisted throughout my life. Um, and, you know, getting into running really helps with health, but when you're running the kind of volume and the kind of intense race schedule that I do, like when I get it wrong, it's, I get it really wrong and I end up, you know, like burying myself and getting really sick. Um, so I've missed more races or had to reschedule races because I've been sick. And usually for a long time, I was just like, Oh, it's just, I have a sensitive immune system. I'm, I'm not robust. Like I, I race a lot. So it's, you know, normal that I would get sick, but, um, especially last year. So I had foot surgery in 
2017. And I was able to come back from that. I was ba- went from on the table and getting a bone removed to running in six weeks. And I didn't take into account like the stress that put on my body. And so the beginning of last year, um, I was trying to train to run a marathon PR and I started out of the gate feeling good. And I just pretty much the first week of February, I went out and I ran a local half marathon here and it was, I just felt terrible. Like I ran, I think I ran like, I couldn't even run like half of what I wanted to run the marathon. And I was like, oh, maybe I'm just a little sick. And it kind of ended up spiraling like out of control. And I had to do extensive testing. And I finally got a diagnosis um, that I have been on thyroid medication for hypothyroid for a long time. But it turns out that I have the autoimmune disorder, uh, Hashimoto's. And so there was a reason why you weren't feeling great. I'm not feeling great. So we had to unravel that. Um, I have, you know, I have issues with mold. I've had issues like I have reoccurring mono, like essentially things that are tied into autoimmune disorder and just kind of like not having robust health. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and one of the major causes for me of some of my issues was also my, my guts and my absorption. So like, I wasn't actually absorbing the nutrition that could have been helping me because I have had lifelong stomach problems. I'm the ironic gluten-free baker um, (laughs) who doesn't own a gluten-free bakery. I own a fully glutinous bakery. Um, So it was interesting over the summer we, uh, with my doctors, we actually focused on fixing my stomach um, on top of all the other stuff. And that actually has really helped. Um, But it's, it's lifelong. And like, even this year, you know, I finally, um, had a really good training block and I ran my second fastest marathon time ever, um, on a day that wasn't really a PR. I was going for a PR and it wasn't a PR day, you know, running solo into headwind is not the greatest, but I ran the effort I like that I knew I was capable of. And immediately after that, like the week of the race, my doctor had changed my thyroid medication. And two weeks later, I, was like over medicated and like shaking and like having an insane, like having all these really crazy symptoms. But at least now I'm able to kind of understand my body enough to be like, okay, this is what at least the source is. So, but it's something that I'm just always going to have to deal with and be careful of because intense training, it's not like, it's never been like, I do this, then X happens, right? right? Like, I can go for a year. It's not formulaic. Yeah, yeah, it's not formulaic. And I think that that's, you know, a lot of people reach out to me to talk about like their issues with autoimmune disorder and it's so individual and it's like what has worked for me once doesn't work for me the next time. Right. Um, but it is nice to like last year was very helpful in that I had been fighting for answers for a really long time. Like you go in as a healthy person, like for me, I go into the doctor and I say, I'm tired. And they go, well, maybe you should run less. And I'm like, well, I've been able to run 120 miles a week and feel fine. And I know I can be I, better. I know, I, yeah. Like, I know what I'm telling you. I know what tired is. Yep. I know what th- this doesn't feel right. And so just being an advocate for my own health, like that's been the most helpful thing for me. Definitely. And that's a trend we were talking earlier about how long it takes to get an MRI and like all these crazy things. And, and the biggest theme is that like you have to be your own best advocate and you can't just accept that like you don't feel good. Okay. That's now status quo. And like, that's your new normal. Um, I think it's been cool watching over the years, just how like vocal you've been about your own health and your own um, sort of desire to get answers. And then on the flip side, you've been, um, you've been super open about like when things aren't going right, you don't race or you back off. And we were talking earlier about, um, you know, not racing a race just because it's there. Um, and, and instead honoring your body and honoring the, you know, the rest and, and what you need to do for longevity's sake. Yeah. And I think the hard thing for me was finally realizing that, you know, I, I had this sense of, like kind of like this 
picture that I created of pressure that doesn't necessarily really exist. And I won't say it doesn't exist. When I had different sponsorships over the years, like I have had explicit pressure to do certain right, things. Right, you need to do this race. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that exists. But a lot of the time, the pressure is on me. Intrinsic, I'm like, I'm yeah. the one that picked yeah. the schedule. Like literally, like I was supposed to go to Tarawera um, two weeks after I did Houston and I couldn't because of the over-medication. And I signed up for another race because I was like, but I said I was going to race, so I'm going to do something else. And it, And when I decided not to do that secondary race, I felt so anxious because I was like, but I said I was going to do it. And like, I don't have a good enough reason not to, but I was like, I have plenty, like I can take, like, you don't have to race a bunch all, yeah. of in small reasons is still enough reasons to not force myself right. to go run 50 K when I don't want to run 50 K. And I think that that's been the biggest shift for me is to actually, you know, in the past I would still try to push through and then, you know, halfway, for through, it. halfway through the race, I'm beating myself up for knowing better and making the wrong decision. So now it's just being like, yep, I'm going to, I'm going to humble myself and say, I can't do this. And there's so many races and it's so easy to get wrapped up in wanting to do so much that I've just kind of been like, no, I want to do the things that feel right. And the things that I go all in on, like I spent the longest training block <laughs> for me, like I went three full months without racing, which is a long That's time. That's a long time for you. Yeah. <laughs> My coach was like, I'm so impressed. You actually <laughs> managed that to pull that off, um, for Houston. And like, I, I really, in, I really enjoyed that. And I can see now that like, I ran well because I did that. And so there's finding that balance between wanting to race and wanting to be out there and wanting to experience all these cool things, but also balancing all the other factors. And yeah. I think that's, I've been doing this long enough that I kind of, I finally, it took me something like 11 or 12 years to finally get over like the incessant need to feel like FOMO, not even FOMO. It's like proving myself. Yeah. And I don't actually think that any, like I've ever needed to prove myself, but I, I don't know. Like it's like every year of my entire ultra running career, I've felt like, Oh, it's a blank slate. I gotta yeah. go do something. I gotta, you know, go do something amazing. And it, it was funny because last year somebody was interviewing me and they were talking about how I had kind of like a down year. And I was like, you think you don't remember that I like won a marathon outright <laughs> or like I was seventh at comrades. And it's like, it's funny to me that people think that there was this attitude like, oh, you didn't race that much. And I'm like, I raced like five marathons <laughs> and a couple of ultras. Oh, I was in the world championships. Like, yeah. so it's kind of like that sense of like, what have you done lately? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like, and it's like, it's not, it's never going to be enough. And at the unless same time, it's, always it's always enough. enough. Yeah. And so I just kind of now I'm a little bit more guided by coming back to that. My worth, it, it took me most of my life to realize that like, worth is not a currency, like worth is a set thing. So if I race or I don't race, it doesn't actually change my worth. Right. And it doesn't actually change who I am in the eyes of anybody else. Like, and that's part of the reason why I share my journey is people connect with that part versus the running part. Like most of the time, the thing that people say to me about running is like, I can't imagine running that far. So it's like, we're not connecting on that yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's totally, it's just a total different experience. Yeah. So you mentioned you've been in the sport a while, you've had a lot of sponsors. One of the things that, um, some of the feedback I've heard so far on the podcast is that people are enjoying the, the sort of the, the look into the life of a, of a pro runner. So what's it like to have these sponsorship obligations when you're balancing what you're doing with, um, with, with who you are and, I mean, and what you want to do? Yeah. And I have been, incredibly lucky over my career to enjoy sponsorship with a lot of different companies. I did my first ultra in 2006. So back in the dark ages when half of you were in high school. <laughs> um, and no comment. <laughs> I was really young then. I, I did it. I was 2006. So I was 24. I, you know, it, it wasn't cool. Then people thought I was a weirdo because yeah. I was so young. Oh, we're still weirdos. I know but... we're still weirdos. Um, sponsorship is, has given me a lot of opportunities to see a lot of things that I otherwise wouldn't. Um, on the other hand, I 
have always had a full-time job. Um, so it's a balance between the perception of what the ask is and making sure like for me, that's congruent with what this relationship should actually be. Right. Um, but it's, it's hard because being sponsored is like, I mean, you can, we can all talk about like not having an ego, but like, it's nice. Somebody wants you, right. you know, you want to be a part of a team. You want to belong. Like I was on the f- first Solomon global team, like the first time they started doing their Solomon TV. Like I watched that video the other day and I was like, Oh, I look so young, <laughs> such a baby. You know, it's like, it's cool to be a part of that and yeah. the opportunity it affords at the same time with sponsorship you have to understand with a brand, they are trying to sell a product and in the outdoor industry and in ultra running and in particular, if a marketing direction changes and you are brought in, for instance, I was brought in to a company um, about the time that I, we started the bakery, which made it more complicated to be a sponsored athlete because I was working a hundred hours a week. <laughs> um, and they brought me and some other people in under the auspice that they wanted to do more road shoes they wanted hybrid athletes and then you mean like runners and bakers <laughs> yeah runners and bakers yeah <laughs> it's and a niche market it's but a it's a niche. it's a very high quality yeah. <laughs> we so uh strong following exactly <laughs> carbs and running <laughs> um and so that was great i mean it's like i run all surfaces all distances i i i enjoy it all and then six months into my contract, they're like, so just kidding. And they were like, so can you go off and do this like very big left-hand turn and go do a, something different? And they basically said, if you run this event and do well, then we'll consider continuing to sponsor you. Huh. And I was like, I, I, and I couldn't, I couldn't commit at that point. Like we right. were six months into opening having the bakery be open, I was like, mm, I can't go Starting run at an 3 ultra. AM. Sorry. Yeah. And so it was like, that is unfortunate, but it's also not personal. And like, I think one of the greatest lessons for me was realizing that it's still a com- like you're representing a company and the company needs to make money. It's a business. And I have gotten better over time at like separating that out because it is a human relationship. Like most Sponsors have a team manager who's like, you know, they're supporting you. They're your biggest fan, but it's also business. So it's like a lot of those balancing those factors. Um, And it took me a while in my career to also see myself, see being a sponsored athlete as a business for myself. Right. So it's like remembering like to ask for what I'm worth to, at, you know, to have boundaries with not always being available for every single thing or to be like, Hey, you want to jump in and do this crazy idea? And you're like, you feel obligated to do it. And, you know, sometimes you do things, but against your better judgment. Right. Um, and so now I feel like I just have a better perspective, but it is, it is a balancing act. And, uh, for me, one of the reasons, you know, this year, um, as of, I guess it'll be March when this comes out. Like, I don't have... It might be good. We might get this out by, uh, by this afternoon. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> February. 29th. <laughs> We're adding a day this yeah. month. So we're going to add a leap year. Um, is like, just not... <laughs> just totally threw me off. <laughs> Sorry. I'll try and keep it on track here. <laughs> um... Work the problem, Devin. Uh, work, work the, the problem. problem. <laughs> yeah, I'm just totally... <laughs> um, sponsorship. What was I saying? Not being sponsored. So it's it's um, you're coming into March here with you. You don't have sponsors, yeah. and oh, I know what I was going to say is like I made the choice to not only think of just myself and what I'm getting out of it, but having been in this sport for a long time, I have seen that deals are made and people and like the, the pool of sponsored athletes in some ways being continually undermined because people take deals to have a deal. And so for me, I was offered certain things 
by certain companies that I felt weren't good, not just for me, but for the sport, right? Like I was really enthusiastic a a couple of years ago when I saw more money coming into the sport because I was like, maybe it is going to change. Like maybe we are coming out of the woods, like no no pun intended. (laughs) Like we're coming out of the woods. We're going to get more money in the sport. And that's good for everybody. And then I started seeing that kind of erode pretty quickly. And so for me, <clears throat> because I'm an adult, I own a business, I make money. Like I didn't want to take a deal just to have a deal right. on my behalf. And also so somebody else isn't being put in that position because I don't want to support that idea. And I mean, it's hard because if you look on social media and people are like, I'm sponsored, I'm sponsored, I'm sponsored. And yeah, January 1 is an interesting day on uh, on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and it, it's like, I don't think that there's enough transparency in a lot of sports where, I mean, and this is across the board and running. It's like, what does that, what does that deal actually mean? Right. Right. Like, is that mean you get free shoes? Like, it's funny because I've done crossing over into other like triathlon and OCR and, it's funny when I approach those companies, like some of the bigger companies um, in the past, they'll be like, we can't sponsor you, but we can give you free gear. And it's like that mentality. It was like, that's what we call sponsorship. <laughs> so just putting myself in the position to say like, to say no, to say no. Yeah. And to, to, to honor, not just myself, but the other people who are in the sport and for younger people to like actually come into the sport and, try to make a living and like to kind of have more opportunity. Like that's become more important to me than just the ego involvement and like being like, I still have a team. And that was a big shift for me um, over the last couple of years to just realize that like, I, I want to have an impact in the sport in that. Like I want, I want to do good for the sport in general, not just have good results. Like I want to, I want the sport to be, a place that is welcoming, that is, you know, supporting other runners and like to be kind of like what it was when I started right? and like continue that on, but also help it grow. Definitely. So one of the things that I remember you saying to me a couple years ago, uh, specific to Insight Tracker is like, we can do this because we're friends and it's, you know, it's something I truly believe in. And, and there's a, there's a difference between, I don't want to, talk about a certain product or whatever but there's there's a sponsorship and then there's something that's like bringing value to who you are what you do allowing you to you know make changes and things like that and it's been fascinating to to work with you and, and work with a whole lot of other athletes um through inside tracker that like they genuinely want to help other people improve yeah. and it allows them to have a platform to to not be the expert but to share something that that uh, allows them to improve. So it's always been, um, I was, I've always been impressed with like how, how authentic you've been with sharing your own experience through health and, you know, boosting your ferritin and, you know, things like that. Um, that is different than, you know, Hey, I got this recovery product or, you know, this, uh, whatever it might be. Um, so it's always been super cool to, to see that. Well, and I think it's the thing that I've struggled with in terms of like, as you look for sponsorship, like the pool of potential is, it's relatively small. And like, when I was younger, I'd kind of be like, I don't know, I'll try it. Like, sign me up. Like, I don't, I don't really care. But now I'm like, you know, after suffering through like a broken foot and having these health issues and just, it just makes you like, I only want those things. I only want to be a part of something that I, I'm, that is authentic. Is working. Because you know what? Like, I am really bad at faking it. Like I, I just, <laughs> I've never been good at like, you know, here's this product now go make it look like, yeah. it. and I'm like, I don't, I'm not out. I don't run with my phone. Right. Like I'm not taking selfies on the run. Like I'm not, who does that? Who does that? <laughs> you know, like I just don't, it's like, I, that's not like my style. Yeah. So having that aspect of the sponsorship has always felt where it is like being prescribed, it just ends up feeling contrived for right. me. And so at this point, it's just like, I want to be a part of things that are, it's easy and it's genuine and yeah. I believe, and I'm sharing it because it's 
what's actually worked for me versus like someone's writing a check yeah. and saying to do it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating to see specifically within the trail world versus road running. I've noticed a big difference in, I don't want to say authenticity, but like the openness and the sharing of the highs and the lows and what's working and what's not working. And if you're excited about stuff or if your you know, world is ending or whatnot. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it feels like a relatively new phenomenon for people to be actually sharing yeah. the, the highs. And like, I don't, I've always been transparent. Uh, you know, people think that they know everything about me and I'm transparent in the things I've already figured out for myself. <laughs> not like <laughs> it's different, but like I, there was an experience um Alison Felix recently, like had a baby and apparently she completely hid it from social media like the entire time she was pregnant because of like, she was worried about the backlash with sponsors and huh. things like that. And I'm like, that blew my mind, yeah, that's wild. right? Like that you can't talk about some part of your life. Like and, a basic human, like essential function. Yeah. Like you need to have babies in order to like. Yeah. And I mean, even, even like I, <clears throat> I've been trying to limit my own social media time. Most people know I'm off Twitter. I'm off Facebook. Like I Instagram, but like I, now have a even curled tailed back Instagram because there's still a sense of like people have like this one message that they're like really going hard about. Or like there are people who are like a little bit too enthusiastic <laughs> for me. And I'm like, maybe I'm just got to work Debbie on my Downer over here. <laughs> but like, I, you know, it's just like that. I'm like, what's the authentic, like, right. who like, are you? Yeah. I mean, like yesterday it was pouring rain and I was, I posted on Instagram, like, I don't know who these people are for pretending <laughs> like they like to go out in this shit. I like this. <laughs> I was like, I don't like running in this. This is terrible. And it's like, that's real. Like, I want to yeah. know that people, the people I follow are human. Yeah. Like, that's how you connect with other people is like knowing that you aren't alone and that you do share experience. Definitely. Um, so one of the things you also, you just mentioned was that you run all surfaces, all distances, uh, really from nothing to a hundred, hundred mile. Yeah. <laughs> we can get into that. Um, we were taught, I, I was sharing that I was having some indecisiveness around, uh, road versus trail and like, I'm feeling good on the road, but is that just cause things are going well or whatnot? And you had some really good advice around, um, you know, where, what to focus on. You want to, you want to share that with, share that with the class here? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, as most people know, I kind of go between like, I just ran my second fastest marathon and I'm still targeting another fast marathon, but I love the trails. Like I, in the beginning of 2016, uh, I, I ran Houston then and I, um, was kind of over, like I had reached that point that you kind of alluded to, like, you don't want to go, you don't want to burn yourself out. Yeah. And I, like, I had been training while doing the bakery, like trying to run a fast marathon, didn't work out. And I realized that I was burnt out on it. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to change gears. I feel like I'm going to go back to the hundred mile distance. And I, what I have found for me is that I will follow that interest until I'm not interested anymore. Like I did Leadville in 2017. And after that, I was kind of like, well, granted, I had foot surgery, so I wasn't like, hey, let's go run another hundred. But coming off of that, I realized I felt satisfied with what I had done at that distance. And instead of being like, I am not like, I don't feel like I have to make these pronouncements of like, and no, I'm going this direction. Right. It's just like, just do it. It's, I just do, do you. It, yeah. Right. And I, I have become better over the years with trying to find that, that sweet spot where I can like, I know the signs now where I'm like the, where I start beating my head against right. the wall and it's Throw your watch out the window. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and I start getting frustrated. Yep. Um, where like essentially my mind and body is telling me that I am ready to change, but I also tend to train in a way that, you know, we were talking about this early, like it's about training fitness. Right versus specificity spe specificity yeah. like i have run my best i mean i ran a 14 5200 miler off of marathon training like literally no specific trail training so 
like, I know that my level, like the fitness that I can, my best fitness is going to translate into whatever, right, whatever race arena, I do. Yeah. And so I think that that is just kind of something I keep in mind. And, you know, what I was telling you is like, do the road training, you know, r- run road races until you don't want to run anymore. out of road. Yeah. Until you run out of road and then, you know, run on the trail and turn around. You, and, you. <laughs> and it's like, I, I think that it's, I think a lot of people think that they're so vastly different. And I honestly feel like when you know yourself and how you train, like to be your most fit, like ultimately like the race objective, like that part doesn't matter, you know? And so let's get into that. Um, there's been a lot of talk about like, why do we race? What, what's the, um, what, where does, where does the passion come from? What's the why? Um, do you, do you enjoy the training more? Do you enjoy the racing more? Is it a, is it a balance? Mm, It's both. Uh, I mean, I really, I pick goals like my, my A goals, you know, like if you were to look at my schedule this year, you would be like, wow, that's a lot of things. But like my A goals are essentially how I root the process. So for instance, Houston, my goal was to run a PR. Um, Which is something you control. It's not a podium spot. It's not a... Exactly. And it, and so on, I trained to like the, I wanted to put myself in the position to be fit enough to run that on the day. And it wasn't the type of day that was a PR day. And I, but, and you got close and I got really close and I ran, like I had somebody be like, Oh, I'm so sorry. After the fact. And I was like, I'm stoked. <laughs> I, ran, I ran, I ran the race I wanted to, yeah. right? Like I ran, I felt the way I wanted to, I raced the way I wanted to, like I stayed on it. Like I didn't, I never, I didn't have negative thoughts. I just raced, hammered. I yeah. raced my ass off. And like it, it was, satisfying because I went into that race knowing I had done everything, like dialed every little detail towards that goal. And I put everything into it. And so I, I was kind of sad that the race was there. (laughs) I mean, I wasn't sad because, you know, it's all satisfying, but like, I, I do enjoy the specific stimulus of the race. And that's why I'm like a frequent racer, but I have also like this block for Houston actually showed me because that was coming off of doing four races in six weeks, including world championship, hundred K a half marathon and two marathons. And those while satisfying, like to achieve like the finish line, I didn't race that well. Right. And so it wasn't as satisfying as like doing this whole process and setting everything up. So I definitely feel like I enjoy the work itself. Um, not like I still love to race, but like the work itself is where I kind of really thrive and get a lot of my stoke from like seeing myself improve or work towards a goal. I love it. So you've been running for a couple years now. Uh, what are some of the, the biggest changes you've seen um, in the running world? Yeah. I mean, when I first started ultra running, it was, you know, a bunch of weirdos running around in the woods. I think it still is. I mean, it still is, <laughs> but there was no social media. There was now really- there's just more weirdos and talking about yeah, it. Now you're like, and everybody's got a podcast. With drones and podcasts. <laughs> okay. Um, and social media. I think, you know, the, the rise in the sponsorship thing, um, kind of around the time that we started doing the bakery, like that when, the Solomon team first came out. That was kind of like the first push you saw with like a big squad and other teams kind of followed suit. Um, and you also saw like the rise in like these really cool movie, like short films yeah. and stuff like that. Um, but you know, it was still a super niche sport. I think one of the things that happened over the last couple of years that has been, Mm, interesting and somewhat vexing to me was this idea that is kind of counter to ultra running in my mind, which to me, ultra running has always been about community and like, we're all going towards the same finish line, like whether or not you're first or last, like getting to a finish line is an amazing thing, right? Like I have mad respect for anybody who's out there and with the rise in sponsorship and like, 
some people coming in from other sports, you see this kind of thing where it's like, there's more of this like hierarchy or people trying to prove like their own greatness. And I'm like, we're like, the reason I came into ultra running is because one course to the next course, the same course is it's, you can't compare these things, right? Like, how are you going to compare people who are one person's running on the road, one person's running up a mountain, the next one's like climbing over rocks. Like you can't like that is, is not really a part of the sport. And right. you've seen that come into the sport a little bit. Um, and I think that the community aspect is kind of more the most important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have seen a swing back in the last couple of years with, um, especially on the women's side, like women being outspoken towards supporting one another, which is really cool and kind of seeing that going back to the community aspect. But that was the biggest thing that I saw kind of in the last five years where I was like, oh, I don't want to see this become like that way where like we feel like we're fighting with each other for like this right. piece of the pie. Yeah, this piece of the pie. Like, it's like, we can all be great. Like right. anybody who makes this finish line is great. Yeah. Like it doesn't, you don't need to be the greatest. Like there is no greatest of all time. Like Except every- Tom Brady. <laughs> I have no comment. I don't watch football. <laughs> so, um, okay. Community. Let's, let's talk about, let's talk about the Donner dinner party because <laughs> that was like the most, the biggest outpouring of community I've ever seen anywhere. Probably ever will see. Yeah. So, um, Two years ago, you put together some efforts to raise money for the California Fire Relief, and you were collecting donations, uh, and and that money went to support people that needed it and that you were collecting uh, articles of clothing and shoes and all that good stuff. Um, 2018 comes around. Uh, North Face California is canceled. A whole bunch of people are trying to run their first 50K marathon, et cetera. Um, people are just trying to breathe. Uh, the air in San Francisco was pretty crappy. You were out in Tahoe, um, training, breathing, all that good stuff. And, um, we headed out there and, and our friend Tristan said, let's, you know, let's show off some trails. Uh, and so you jumped at the opportunity to, to, to give back and to, um, show off some trails and, and show a bunch of these yahoos running around in the woods, you know, a good time. (laughs) And, and, it was the coolest thing in the world. And and so we had 50 people show up um, at Donner, uh, Donner Peak, Donner Summit, whatever. And we ran a whole bunch of miles in the woods and talked to me about that. What was that like? <laughs> what was that like on the other side? Yeah, it was when, when you text me that you were going to still come out and that this was happening. Like, it just so goes to the, like, the heart of ultra running, which is like, yeah, you have this disappointing thing where you're like, I trained for this. This is the race I wanted to do. But you made like, you kind of took the essence of what the point was and then put it out in a place that was, you know, safer to, uh, to be. And so for me, it was really fun, um, to be out there all day. Like, you know, I joked that I brought like the best of, you know, I got like <laughs> Coke, um, that Coke was the best Coke I've ever M&Ms, tasted in my life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> potato chips. And like, I just, you know, stood at the turnaround and like, <laughs> you know, it was cool because like, especially in that way where everybody was just so happy to be out there and to have an opportunity to do something. And like, it kind of made the best out of a a bad situation. And like, there was also like the inevitable, like super funny, this is so ultra running things. Like when you called me that you had, you guys had run the wrong direction on the course and you had no idea where you were. And I, and I had to go find you and you're out of water. And like, I, it was just so great. Like, it was just so great to kind of be able to support other people doing this special thing. And like, to see you guys like get, that like the full ultra run, I call it like the, the full ultra running experience, right? Like it got lost. So, like, it went wrong. <laughs> ran like, out of fuel. <laughs> ran out of fuel, ran out of water. Like that to me, is just like to be a part of that is really what it's about. And like a lot of times when I'm racing for myself, I don't necessarily have the opportunity to be a part of that aspect. Um, and with, you know, foot injury and illness and all this kind of stuff. Like, and even doing the bakery, like I don't, I haven't had the opportunity to engage with the community in the way that I necessarily 
did in my earlier years. And so it was just like an opportunity for me to be a part of like the, like the love of the sport. Yeah. Um, And so it was really fun. Yeah. I mean, I've made it very clear that like you've, your, your story, your journey has, has pushed me to explore limits, explore boundaries and things like that. And um, I remember texting you last year when I was trying to decide between doing the 50k or the marathon as as my first longer trail race you're like you're texting me asking this you know the answer to this <laughs> you know what you're gonna do and so then to have you there for my first 50k it was like okay if anything goes wrong Devin knows what to do and things went wrong and you do what to do and it was it was so cool to you know see you every five miles with you know all these snacks and we would we would shoot the shit for a couple minutes and then you'd say okay now get out of here <laughs> And five, five, five to seven miles later, we'd repeat that until we got lost. Um, and I will just—I mean, the the cover photo of of this podcast is is the last you know five strides of that of that day, and that's a moment that I'll remember forever. I was running with Brian Brussel, who's um, who's a, another really cool trail runner, and um, he looks at me at mile twenty nine. He's like, "John, I've got a problem." I was like. Oh, this is bad. Like I'm, we're like seven hours into this thing, um, still needing to summit and then come back down. And so, like, I wasn't sure what he was gonna say, and he was like, "I can't stop smiling." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "You know what, man? I can't either." And we ran straight up a mountain to eighty five hundred feet, and in that moment, I was on top of the world. Yeah. And we took our photos of you know overlooking Donner Lake, and. I'll remember that for the rest of my life. And, and then hitting that like flow state on the way down, like I could do this all fucking day. Yeah. I can just keep going. But then, you know, we, we got, we got to the finish line and yeah. my legs decided it was the end of the day. <laughs> um, and then we had the worst nachos I've ever had in my life. Oh. It was horribly unsatisfying. Um, but anyways, so that was the, that was the coolest, like, I was I was explaining it. I think I was talking to the Ginger Runner podcast afterwards, and and what I said, Ginger Runner Live, and what I said was, um, it was not the it was not the experience that I was expecting, but it was way way more than I could have ever imagined. Yeah, and I think you know the cool thing about like being at that level of fitness where you're like, I can go run 50 K. Like, yeah. I, like I, I believe I can do that. Like I'm not going to die. I'm right. gonna get, you know, I'm going to get lost, but I'm probably going to be found. Right. But like the experiences. Well, it was Donner party. So it, was, it may, may have been eaten. may have eaten your leg. <laughs> uh, Shout out to Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like for me, the most amazing moments that are afforded by being an ultra runner have actually not been races. Um, I have done some things, some things with friends, some things with my husband, you know, where I'm like, look where I get to be, you know, like I ran from Tuolumne Meadows in Yosemite. I ran to uh, Devil's Post Pile, which is in Mammoth. And it was, I don't know, 30 some odd miles, 35. I don't even remember, remember at this point. And like, I just remember like being way out there and being like, I got here by myself. Like there's these people who've been like, you see people who are like hiked for five this days. This car drove Mount Washington. <laughs> yeah. These people, you see people out there and, and they're like, how did you get here? And you're like, I ran. And they're like, when did you start? I'm like two hours ago. And they're like, they can't conceptualize it. Yeah. It's just such a special thing to do. And you get to the end and like, literally like Nathan ran up to meet me and we're coming down to the end and I'm like done. You know, I had a good cry on a log because I was just, like, <laughs> just done. And we're we're going along and I'm like running down this road and I don't see our campsite anywhere. And then all of a sudden, like Nathan just dives in the bushes and there's our truck. And it was like, this <laughs> great epic adventure. It just comes to an over. end. And I was like, <laughs> okay. You know, it's like, that's... Lunchtime. <laughs> it's literally like, where are the chips? Um, <laughs> but I think that the, it's like the unexpected adventures to me are the ones that have, I don't know, a, a greater depth. And like your ability to connect with other people through those things, you know, it's like, yeah, we like I did that way back in the day before 
any of you guys were out of high school, um, Chrissy and I, <laughs> Chrissy Mayo and I r- ran the Grand Canyon FKT. Um, and like for me, that was a, an amazing experience because of like what we went to through together. Um, and like how she supported me when I was having a really hard time because I had run a hundred K on the road six days before we tried to do that, which is <laughs> FYI, not a great idea. Um, but like when we not got to, optimal, you know, we got the record, but it was like, it was more about like what we had done together and with, you know, this group of people that had supported us, that was really amazing. And I think that that, you know, to the Donner dinner party, <laughs> like it kind of is the same thing where it's like, look what we were able to do for a bunch of people together um, in the, you know, the very essence of this sport. Yeah, it was totally agree. One of the themes that has been consistent through the interviews I've done, so the the millions of interviews I've done so far on this podcast with the tens of millions of listeners, um, has been the the highlighting of the process versus the the outcome. And Ben Rosario was very specific about this and to say like we don't talk about time and we don't talk about you know whatever. If you do the work, if you enjoy the the journey. Uh, the results, the results will come. Um, what's your take on the, the, the process versus, um, you know, tangible results and, and more importantly, what can people do to, um, get back to loving, loving the process? Yeah. I mean, I definitely have had periods of time when I have got it wrong. Um, and the biggest example of that was, um, I qualified for the, the Olympic trials and the marathon uh, and ran it in 2012. That's where my marathon PR is. And after that, I just kind of was like, okay, now I can run. Like I ran a 238 at the end of January, 2012. And then I ran a 239, like two months later, I was like, all right, like this is who I am. So I'm just going to like keep on keeping on. And I started to identify, I had gotten there because I was trying to go from somebody who had run, like, I think my PR going into trying to qualify for the trials with a 249. So I had to run a sub 245 and I wanted to see the process of becoming that type of runner. But once I had achieved it, then I kind of was like, well, this is, I should just be able to go faster. Right. But, you know, talking Take about off what, another 12 yeah, minutes, exactly. 15 minutes, like what we were talking about earlier, like I didn't s- see the signs that I was like starting to attach to the results Right. And so it's funny because the harder I attached the results, the slower I became because I would get into a race and I would be like, six minute pace should feel easy. Right. I don't know. Six minute pace, FYI, is never going to feel easy. <laughs> like to anybody on the face of Unless your- you're on rollerblades. <laughs> yeah. Or <laughs> when you're driving really slowly. <laughs> um, you know, and so it uh, was like I, and so I would have this mental process where I just essentially put this block in my way because I was attaching to the result. So I ended up deciding to pursue other, like I wanted to go the other direction and I, you know, signed up to do Western States and I finally felt compelled to go after that goal after kind of putting hundreds aside for a while. And so I started essentially a new process where it's like I had built myself into a fast marathoner. And then when I started to bang my head against that wall, I was like, okay, I need to change the direction. Like I need to find a different way to essentially guide the process. And so now I see when I'm choosing a goal, like when I really ask myself, like, am I really excited about this? Or like, I know if I signed up for a race and I'm just kind of like, I just want to look good. Right. Like there, there, I can, there are races. Five K's or four. That's what I I don't, I don't know what a five K is. (laughs) I'm kidding. You know, like, but you know, it's like where, if I'm looking at the race and I'm just really caring about how I perform in that race specifically versus like looking at the process picture, it's like, yeah, where it's like going into Houston, like, yeah, I wanted a PR, but I wanted to, I know that that is just one opportunity for me to achieve this and that the process might be longer than that. And it has been longer than that, but I'm still excited because I still see myself working towards that goal. And so I think Honestly, like rooting yourself in the process is a healthier way to be because like, yeah, races, you, you can only control the controllables. Like you are not, it's like, if you say, I want to go win a race, 
well, you know what? You, you don't know who's going to show up. Like I'm, I'm running a half marathon on, uh, on Sunday. And it was funny, like the race was interviewing me and I was like, I want to run fast, ultra runner fast. Like, <laughs> and like, I'm not like I, and it was funny because like, I'm like, it could be nobody shows up and I could win in a time that's only ultra running fast for a half marathon. <laughs> it's like, but I don't have control over that. Right. And so my goal be the best is to run the best that I can. And then like wherever that puts me, that, that is going to be, if I run to the fitness level that I'm at, like then I will be, and I execute and I don't self-sabotage and I, you know, enjoy myself. That's more important than the rate, the race itself. I think a lot of people in the sport of running get really obsessed with like the end result, but you know, you're, it's like, that's one moment of like one day. And what about all the other days that you put into it? Like that should be where you're living and should be your enjoyment. Like, are you getting stoked? Uh, like when you, you know, like nail a workout for the first time, but at the same time, like you shouldn't be devastated when a workout doesn't go the way it sh- you you want it to. It should just be part of the process. Right. Like each Ups thing is, a, is like, you're building this, you're building house brick by brick. Yep. Yeah, had a coach that 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 was that was the analogy. It was like every day is a is a small brick in the temple that you're building. Yeah, and I, one of the things that I have found myself recognizing is in training um, is if I have a sense of like in if I do a workout and I have this like home run mentality, then I often find that that's like one of my warning signs that I'm attached to the outcome because I'm like, oh look, ding, check that box, like. If I can do this in the workout, then the outcome is guaranteed. But it's a it's a tough line because like you want to be your own cheerleader and like you want to celebrate when the workouts are going well and things like that. So how do you how do you like walk that line, run that line? Um, because it's the sense of, um, and I found this in Houston is that I had a lot of workouts that were like scary to me, you yeah. know, like. 15 miles in marathon pace, like in the middle of a hundred mile week. I'm like, no, at altitude, (laughs) (laughs) running with your legs tied together the the day after Christmas. Thanks coach. (laughs) Um, and like in the past it was like, I, part of it is like, I was actually giving myself a long enough training block to week in and week out. I was facing down scary workouts. So it was like, I'm celebrating each one of these, but I'm not saying that like this one, one. I was giving myself essentially more opportunities to see the consistency and like, you know, like celebrate uh, it. Yeah. So celebrate it where it was like, instead of being like, I just knocked it out of the park home run mentality. It was like, I'm so satisfied. Like I'm happy and I'm very proud of myself, but it wasn't this false sense of like, it's like, it was more like, and I, tomorrow, not tomorrow, obviously tomorrow, the next day would be a rest day, but like, this is how I'm doing this work. Cool. Um, let's talk about like, what tips do you have for someone that's looking to, to get after a new distance? Um, I am a very big believer in building an endurance base. Like I don't, I don't think everybody needs to run the same amount of mileage, but I, Uh, it's kind of funny. It's like, it's really, I have like a really unsexy mentality about work. It's just like, you need to be efficient and have good running economy before you can go on to anything else. Yeah. So it's but it's like, like, it's the unsexy things that like, that, that work like yeah, sleep. Exactly. It's like, I, I tend to, so I have recently started coaching, um, runners and, uh, you know, just getting into that. And I, I'm all about like building the base and like, I am not, you know, a lot of the mentality like out there in the world, you know, you read things on social media and it's all about hacking this and, you know, shortcutting that. And I'm like, nope, there's (laughs) none of that. Like just, (laughs) we're just going to run a bunch of miles, eat and sleep. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, you want to run up like moving up in distance. It's like, okay. Like it's about preparing your body for what it's going to take. So it's like working towards just being able to do the volume and not, it's not about like, I'm not going to send somebody out to do track workouts when they can't even run like 40 miles in a week. Right. Right. Like, I don't think you need to run 120 miles in a week, but you should be able to 
run a certain, like your own personal, like idea of volume, like you should be able to maintain that healthfully before you start adding in all the bells yeah. and whistles and everything else. Like you have to, it's like anything like, right. Uh, I keep did it, it simple, stupid. Well, yeah. And it's, I did this nutrition certification recently and like, you know, it talks about how, how to help clients. And one of the things that they said is like, most people don't need like all, they don't need intermittent fasting. They don't need nutrient timing. They don't need to be weighing their food. Like they can't do fundamental things like drink enough water, eat enough protein, go to bed on time. Like it's mind blowing. Like, so just focusing on those things is how I see and not like, especially when it comes to changing distances, like it's about being patient, but also not like thinking that there's this secret thing you have to do. Like a lot of people think if you're going to run 50 or a hundred miles that you have to run high mileage and you don't, you just need to prepare for it in a methodical way. Cool. What were you thinking about on the start line of your first hundred? What have I done? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a question that I love asking. Um, I was out in at Western States and I was asking people like, what are you going to think about tomorrow when you stand out there? I mean, it's one of those things where you... I often at the beginning of a hundred am just thinking about not thinking about the finish line. Like I'm thinking about what do I need to do in this, like in the time between now and like when I see my crew for the first time, like how do, what does execution look like in this piece of time? Because if you stand there on the start line of a hundred miles and like are thinking about the finish line, you will put your coat back on and go back to the car (laughs) and run away. (laughs) So I just, I try to kind of just think about it in the way that I've broken down the race. So like at Leadville, I was like, okay, all I'm thinking about is I'm out here for, I ended up running with uh, two friends who are local from San Francisco and we we're like, it's just an SFRC Saturday run. <laughs> like we're running at 4 a.m. Like we're just running through the dark, being conversational, keeping it together. Like you're not thinking about anything else. And then, uh, you know, and I had done so much training on the course that I was like, this is the section. Yeah. This is how I run this. And this is what I do. And that's all that I think about. Cool. Um, maybe the last question. What gets you really excited? In life? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say food. That's fair. That That's life. You eat food, you eat food in life. Running schnauzer puppies. Um, my husband and I are currently obsessed with schnauzers. Um, nice. We don't have one, but we really want one. Um, Hi, can I pet your dog is a very common word, very common phrase in my vocabulary. Uh, I mean, I people tie their dogs up outside the bakery and I'm just like, I get to pet you. <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like over the last several years i don't know maybe it's age i'm so old now um i'm 36 i was gonna say i'm 37 check that yeah but i'm not actually 37 yet you're aging yourself I, uh it's everybody else is older uh, that i know is older than me so it always confuses me uh i've just kind of gotten to a place where i have like simple enjoyment in more things you know like i have realized that like a lot of the somebody asked me like what was the the best moment in my running career. And I was like, there's not like a, like, I can't think of a single, I've done a hundred races now. Like I I was like, Ooh, all these things that I thought were going to be super satisfying and like life changing ended up just being like a part of the story. So at this point I tend to find enjoyment in like simpler things, you know, and like trying to have, instead of being like, I'll, you know, a lot of people have that, like, I'll be happy when mentality. It's like, how about I just have like daily enjoyment and satisfaction, you know, like petting puppies or like eating a really good baked good from my bakery. Like, you know, (laughs) like it's that kind of thing where you just find that kind of more like a, a better type of satisfaction. Cool. Last question. I promise. Where can we find the bakery? And then where can we find your Instagram? Uh, the bakery is MH bread and butter, which is in San Anselmo, California, which you're just going to have to look that up since I know you don't know where that is. Nor <laughs> it's, it's in Marin. Um, and I'm on Instagram. It's fast foodie. Cool. It's my whatever 
handle. 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 Call yeah. sign. Call. I just watched Top Gun, so it's oh. actually call yeah, it's sign. Call yeah. Sign. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Devin. Uh, this was a blast, and uh, we'll see you on the trails. Thanks for having me. Of course. That's it for today's episode. Like many long runs, it's sad when it has to end. I hope you join in next week on For the Long Run. And in the meantime, happy trails. If you've enjoyed this episode, it would mean a lot to me if you shared it so that others can find it and enjoy it too.